Jayam Vishnupad Paramahansa Sotarasi Shri Shri His Divine Grace Shila Abhishek Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Ananta Kortavant Shnevrindavant I don't know how to say Hey All glories to assemble devotees All glories to assemble devotees All glories to Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 7, Text 15. Mm-hmm. But the verse is right. Manvantaram manor deva Manu putraha sureshvaraha Vishayom sarvatarascha Haras sadvidam uchite Manvantara manordeva Manu putraha sureshvaraha Rishayom sarvatarascha Haras sadvidam uchite Manantaram Manurdeva Manu Putraha Sureshvaraha Vishayam Savatarascha Resadvidam Uchite Manantaram Manurdeva Manu Putraha Sureshvaraha Vashayam Sarvaratarascha Hareya Sadbudam Uchate Manu Antaram The reign of each Manu Manuhu the Manu, Devaha, the demigods, Manu Putraha, the sons of Manu, Suraishvara, the different Indras, Vishaya, the chief sages, Amsa Avatara, the incarnations of portions of the Supreme Lord. Cha and Hareya of Lord Hari Satvidham sixfold Uchate is said. Translation. In each reign of Manu, six types of personalities appear as manifestations of Lord Hari. 
the ruling Manu, the chief demigods, the sons of Manu, Indra, the great sages, and the partial incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There's no purport, so I'll continue with just the English translation. Dynasties are lines of kings originating with Lord Brahma and extending continuously through past, present, and future. The accounts of such dynasties, especially of their most prominent members, constitute the subject of dynastic history. Text 17. There are four types of cosmic annihilation, occasional, elemental, continuous, and ultimate, all of which are affected by the inherent potency of the Supreme Lord. Learned scholars have designated this topic dissolution. Text 18. Translation, out of ignorance, the living being performs material activities and thereby becomes, in one sense, the cause of the creation, maintenance, and destruction of the universe. Some authorities call the living being the personality underlying the material creation, while others say he is the unmanifest self. Purport by disciples of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. The Supreme Lord himself creates, maintains, and annihilates the cosmos. However, such activities are performed in response to the desires of conditioned souls, who are described herein as hetu, or the cause of cosmic activity. The Lord creates this world to facilitate the conditioned soul's attempt to exploit nature and ultimately to facilitate his self-realization. Since conditioned souls cannot perceive their own constitutional identity, they are described as avyaktram, or unmanifest. In other words, the living entity cannot perceive his real form unless he is completely Krishna conscious. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Swapadantikam Vancha Kalpatrubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhyavicha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Vaita Gadadar Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhaktivrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So here we are discussing in uh, chapter 7 and it's the Puranic literatures and Puranas are the histories of man. So we first kind of go through um, what happens in each reign of Manu. So there's six types of personalities and, um, and we know this because in the Bhagavad Gita it says, you know, that Krishna comes himself every time but he also sends his representatives, which are what the partial incarnations are. Then we talk a little bit more about dynasties um, that are always continuously happening, past, present, and future, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then we continue on with the cos- cosmic annihilation. And then we talk a little bit more about material, um, the material world and what caused it to be created, maintained, and destroyed. And this is very um, technical, and I just think it's very interesting. This is my very first Srimad Bhagavatam class. And it's a really big challenge because it is 
on the technical portions of the Vedas, which is not my strong suit. So I feel like this is um, Krishna and Kalachanji's way of telling me that I need to get a little bit more knowledgeable on the technical aspects, um, such as you know the reign of Manu and the dynasties. But what I think is especially um, that struck to me on this is, you know, text 18, the purport. It talks about how we, our activities as conditioned souls, we create and maintain and annihilate the world, the material world. Yes, it's created by Krishna, but it's our desire that keeps it going, right? So we have these material desires. So Krishna creates this whole world for us to fulfill these desires, and as long as we have these desires, the material world will continue and perpetuate. So it's interesting because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to control our material desires, and that's what we're trying to do, right? Can, can um, dovetail our material desires into spiritual desires so that we can use whatever it is that we're doing for Krishna and have it more be a desire to serve Krishna than, rather than to serve ourselves. And yet it almost seems like there's always going to be a material world because collectively we all have material desires. As the world has, you know, there's always going to be someone. And he says, out of ignorance, the living being performs material activities. And that's true because before we're introduced to Krishna, we're just going through our day-to-day in ignorance, not realizing that what we're doing, even if we're working on the platform of goodness, we're still continuing. So, do you have a question? Okay. Um, and so we're still continuing to perpetuate the material world. So, I just, I kind of find that to be very like, awe-inspiring, right? So, now it becomes... You know, it's already this this um, drive to become Krishna conscious and to be more, to act more in service for Krishna consciousness because it's it's what helps us to transcend the material world, right? And I know that that's not our goal to, you know, leave the material world to end suffering. Our goal is to serve Krishna and love Krishna. But now it's just more than that, right? It's well, it's not more than that. It's always part of that, but it. The thought process is more than that. It's bigger than that. It's that it's not just us. Like as long as one person has material desires, the material world will continue. And with it, the suffering that we have, you know, birth, death, age, old age, and disease. And so, and you, and you see it because we just recently had this big conversation about all the suffering in the world <clears throat> in all the different ways. You know, there's, just a little minute suffering, like it's hot, it's cold, little mosquito bites. And then you have people that are living in, in really just terrible, terrible conditions. Um, and they have no way out. They might be imprisoned or tortured or um, some, I mean, it's just different levels of suffering in the material world. And we get through it because we have some levels of good. It's that duality of, of good and bad. So it's that slight pleasure, the slight happiness that we feel that keeps us um, in this material world, right? And that's that keeps the material world going. So to me, it was like, wow, you know, so it's beyond even myself 
to start to to really learn to serve Krishna and to um, love Krishna, it's also for the benefit of the whole world because each person um, has to have that, come to that level as well. So I think that's why it's um, important that we preach, that we um, share to whatever capacity that we have to um, help each person come out of ignorance. Now, it might be just very slight things like sharing prasadam or just inviting them to the temple. Because I know that I personally am not very good about preaching, per se, or, you know, going up to someone cold and handing them a book. That's not one of my strong suits. But I can, you know, so I'm looking at what I can do at my level. And... um you know, that's that's where I feel that we can really make a big difference. Um, so then it goes on to say, since conditioned souls cannot perceive our own constitutional identity, we're described as unmanifest. And this is another interesting point because um, I've had this conversation with, several people, you know, trying to figure out what it means to be unmanifest or be the manifest self. So a couple of things. So I'm going to first repeat your question to make sure I understand. So you're asking about a person, um, if like in a particular situation, for instance, they're in a hospital, um, a mental hospital, and they're taking medications. They may be there against their will or even in their own will. Um, but they blame Krishna for being there. And is that good or bad? Is that the question? So one thing I would say about that is they're still thinking of Krishna. So that's really important, right? So there's a lot of people that don't even acknowledge the existence of God or Krishna. As long as you're thinking about Krishna, the Yamadudas do not come. The Vishnududas come. So we see that in the story of Ajamil. You've heard the story of Ajamil? Right? So he was, he'd left his family home and he went to go live with a prostitute and they had kids. And he was a really good devotee, so he named his kid Narayan. And when the time was to come for, you know, when death came for him, Yamadusas came, he shouted out the name of his youngest son, Narayan. So it's still shouting the names of God. So, you know, then he was given a second chance. Um, so it's like that. Now, is it the right mindset? I mean, Kamsa was also thinking about Krishna all the time. He was thinking about how to kill Krishna. But he was still thinking about Krishna all the time. Kamsa, yeah. Yeah. So the thing we have to realize and what we're looking at here is what it's talking about. Yet, So the Lord creates this world to facilitate our conditions, but it's our actions that put us in that condition. So we still have free will. Um, even though we have certain rules and we have guidelines, we still have free will. We still have, at any given moment, the right to choose what, how we're going to think, what we're going to do, how we're going to act, you know, how things like that. 
And so when in a situation like it's hard to, to kind of come out of that and come out of blaming someone else to looking at what can I do to improve my situation or cu- turning to Krishna to ask him, how can I improve the situation? Because we're all a product of our actions. And it might be actions in this lifetime or it might have been actions in the previous lifetime. You know, you can see this simple, simple example is, you know, um, you eat a piece of cake and you gain weight. Now then somebody might gain weight and say, well, it's not my fault, I can't do anything. But then if you look at the way they're eating, they're eating cakes every single day. And, you know, it's just, it's not that it just happened, there were actions that got them there. Um, and so that's the same thing with, you know, one of the things um, that I look at is I'm a medical physician and one of the things that I help people to do is look at what we can do every single day to um, improve our health rather than just coming to the doctor once a month, once a quarter. Now, we need to have doctors. We need to have someone to guide us or even to help us get healthier or treat certain diseases. But really, more importantly, is every single day are you taking your medications? Every single day are you exercising? Every single day are you eating healthy Every single day, are you spending time in meditation, drinking enough water? These are the important things that we know that affect our everyday health. And most of us don't do this, and so we have diseases. Well, it's the same thing. If we want to get out of the world, if we want to have the Vishnu do this come for us, then every single day we have to make sure that we're chanting and we're thinking of Krishna and making it a more positive thought of Krishna with love and devotion um, rather than with anger and blaming. Now, you're, either way, you're still thinking of Krishna. It's just one's a little bit in a, a better mood, you know, and it gets you a little feeling better as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so is Krishna. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. So, um, really, the more important thing is again to realize that we we want to interact with love, and so it's twofold. We want to make sure that we're doing what we can, but we also know that everything is in Krishna's hands. So it's it's making sure that you're doing the activities that will help you understand and love Krishna, but Krishna will also help you there as long as you're going on that path. So, you know, when you find yourself in these situations, it's important to think about, you know, it's not about blame. You don't want to blame yourself. You don't want to blame Krishna, but you want to make sure that you're doing what you can to get out of that situation, whether it is taking your medications, um, you know, doing other activities, the, the therapies, things like that. That's really important to help you get out of that situation. And that's in your hands, right? Every day what you do is in your hands because you still have free will. So, and that brings us to the final point in the in the purport that we have, um, that we can't even perceive of our own constitutional identity so that we're unmanifest. And unless we become completely Krishna conscious, we can't perceive our real form. And our real form is, you know, servants of Krishna. 
So all these activities that we're talking about, you know, we talked about the whole world continuing because of our material desires. But here's the out, right? Perceiving or becoming in Krishna consciousness and then manifesting ourselves. So right now we're unmanifest because we're not fully in Krishna consciousness. Right. So we're just, um, we're going to table that discussion, see if anybody else has any questions. Okay. So it's kind of a short purport leading to a short class. If there are no further questions, then we can adjourn for breakfast. So maybe in about 20 minutes comes out. So the, um, I read a few verses because the first few didn't have any trans, uh, purports, but the one that did, so it's text 18. Out of ignorance, the living being performs material activities and thereby becomes, in one sense, the cause of the creation, maintenance, and destruction of the universe. Some authorities call the living being the personality underlying the material creation, while others say he is the unmanifest self. The Supreme Lord himself creates, maintains, and annihilates the cosmos. However, such activities are performed in response to the desires of conditioned souls, who are described herein as Hetu, or the cause of cosmic activity. The Lord creates this world to facilitate the conditioned soul's attempt to exploit nature and ultimately to facilitate his self-realization. Since conditioned souls cannot perceive their own constitutional identity, they are described here as avyakram or unmanifest. In other words, the living entity cannot perceive his real form unless he is completely Krishna conscious. Does that bring up any questions for you then? Exactly. Out of ignorance. And the, the really the important thing I felt out of this verse is that it's not just the ignorance that hurts us, it hurts the whole world because each person perpetuates the material world with their desires. So if we all became Krishna conscious, there'd be no reason for a material world. So you want to be more like Mother Kunti, who always thinks of Krishna with love and says, you know, I see this as a challenge and, you know, I accept this challenge and whatever your, whatever other calamities you can bring down on us, right? Because it makes me think of you. No, well, so you know that Kamsa is um, the, the two sons of, oh, I forget now the names. But so then he goes on to become another form in another Krishna's pastime, like, you know, Chaitanya is Jagai and Madai. Because he went to continue on, because they have, it's a special relationship that Krishna has with Kamsa. So instead, you should try to be more like Kunti. And she um, thanks Krishna for all of the 
you know, disasters and crisis in her life. Because she says, when I, knew, when I have these crises, then I'm thinking of you, right? And I know that you'll protect me no matter what, even through all of this. Even though externally it seems like she's suffering, internally she's thinking of Krishna with love and devotion. So she says, whatever is happening, it doesn't really affect me because she's looking at her manifest self and not the unmanifest self. So when you're in that situation, it's hard because you're fo- we're so conditioned to focus on our unmanifest self, right? So focus on the body and the mind, um, and more you want to focus on your true self, which is not suffering through any of that. So if you're focusing on Krishna and you're saying, thank you, Krishna, for this challenge, you know, I will do what I need to do to overcome this with your help, and I know you'll guide me through it, and I know that you would never put me in a position that would be bad for me, even though it may seem like it, Krishna always has you your back. 